Hi, everyone. Welcome to Humans of AI. I'm Sheikh, and this podcast is where we learn about the people who are behind the incredible tech that's changing our world. Today, I'm joined by Abhishek Ratna, who's Director of Product Marketing at Labelbox, industry-leading data AI platform. Thank you so much for joining us, Abhishek. Great to be here, Sheikh, and thank you for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, you've done a lot of cool things in your career and a lot of complex things, but if you had to describe your job and what you focus on day-to-day to to a five-year-old, what would you say? I would say I help people understand how my company solves their problems and to make my company sound really popular and cool. (laughs) I'll care how my company makes heroes out of people who are building our products. Tell these stories websites, videos, articles, and more things. I'm basically a grown-up storyteller. Nice. That sounds like a great business card right there. Yeah. Before we dive into what Labelbox does, can you tell us a bit more about your career story and how you landed where you are? Absolutely. So I started my career, my first job out of engineering school was as a developer for four years in India, when I used to test web applications for big banks on secure locations within India. But my background kind of, you know, lay in, I grew up on a very healthy dose of stories and storytelling. I did a lot of volunteering with a wellness and meditation NGO in my teenage years. And I continue to actually do that to this day. So I felt my calling lay more in working at the intersection of technology and people. And that's when I decided I wanted to switch careers. So about 15 years ago, I enrolled in an MBA program at the University of Florida, where I specialized in a degree in MBA in marketing and strategy. Mm-hmm. And for the last 14 years, I've been a marketer in different capacities. And I marketed everything from business applications, to women with kids fashion, to developer SDKs, to cloud-based data engines, to add products to AI tools. My experience has spanned demand generation, growth marketing, developer marketing, and product marketing. So that's my background back then. Well, now uh, with, within, uh, within your wide range of industry experience in various product marketing roles, would you say there's anything unique about the about the challenges of product marketing for AI products versus other things in the tech world? It's a very good question. And I think I'll start by saying that at its core, fundamental, at its most basic level, marketing an AI product is very similar to marketing any technology product in that the goal is to connect people's, connect the product company to people's expectations and needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a simplistic definition. Now, the thing is, what's fundamentally different is people's expectations and needs around AI are different from traditional products. And I've talked about this in previous sessions with, with on other talks that I've done in the past, mm-hmm. when I that AI products tend to embody four principles, more so than other products. The first of them is automation. And that's kind of understandable. Like we just expect AI systems to be more intelligent, more cognizant, and more capable of automatically understanding our requests and creating very, very detailed and on the point and like, you know, powerful responses that address our needs. So and we are expecting that level of automation to grow up and serve even more complex needs. So I think there's always that question of, you know, how does your AI product or solution, and I've been on both developer tooling and end user products, like how does it help either automate my problems or how does it, me create more automated products in one way. The other aspect is around difference. I would say intelligence. 
And this is, uh, this is a weak concept, but there's a lot of industry, I would say, to clarify what that means, I'd say there's a lot of industry momentum behind the idea of intelligent workflows and intelligent applications. It ties in with automation where the software or the product understands user needs in a much deeper, more nuanced and contextual way. And so I feel like bringing out that element of intelligence is key to, you know, differentiating your AI-led products. Like how would, how does it, automate or grow your organization's awareness of your customers' problems in a more significant way. So intelligence and more efficient workflows is would be the second pillar. And I think the third pillar that I talk about, I might have mentioned four, but I'll focus on three for brevity for now. And the third is ambience. And what that means is we expect, consumers expect AI to seamlessly work from where, you know, within the context of the customer, where the customer is they just expect AI to work out of a smartwatch, out of a phone, out of the laptop, out of an intelligent device at home. So we are expecting not to sit in front of a computer or be tethered to certain devices to use AI. We just want to feel very natural and like a extension of our lives. And I think that's the other aspect also when I'm positioning AI products is like, that's another area of like, you know, can this AI technology, does it need, can it only work with limited spaces or can it actually work? and move with you as you go about your life. So I think those are like the three pillars of messaging or positioning AI products that I think are significantly different from regular products, yeah. Uh, that's a great framework to use. Looking at your own uh, workflows in day-to-day, are there any uh, things that have changed or ways that you've incorporated AI tools to accomplish what you do? Oh yeah, I'm a big believer of using AI. I've actually done a few articles and talks also on how I use AI within my product marketing or marketing workflows. I feel, I think we're in phase one right now. Like, you know, Chad CPT showed the world that there's so much possibility of like innovating with AI, of creating with AI. The story is, I, I do believe like the technology is not, will definitely take more time to mature where it's at a level where it's kind of meeting on passing human intelligence, especially on more demanding tasks. But I feel there's a huge leg up that, you know, we knowledge workers and professionals can get out of AI even as of now. The way I've used it is like on three three or four things. The first of them is ideation. The very easy, like both in product marketing and demand gem, like I found writer's block to be a real thing when you're trying to find that put perfect pitch or that perfect angle to position your products to customers. So how do I map my product's capabilities with my customer's stated problems and needs with like how the industry is talking about a product. And with AI, I found it very easy to give, I use a bunch of AI tools, mm-hmm. obviously, but I also really love using Claw by Anthropic. That's one of my favorite go-to models. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things I would do is I'd kind of curate these snippets of text, which I think are very relevant for coming up with content ideas. And then feed them into these large language models and ask to create five or seven ideas for me. And it's been surprising. Good. I've, I've seen the elements come back with very interesting angles or pitches, which are not too far off, but which a little bit of refinement allow me to come up with that perfectly positioned, perfect positioning or pitch. Mm-hmm. And that would have taken that could have taken me weeks in the past, but now I can do that like over 30 minutes. So been a huge look for me. Another way in which I see AI, I did more automation. Like if it's a non-business, non-critical piece of message or content that I need to produce, I actually trust AI even more to like to help craft or almost in some cases even create the finished output for some service messages, in-product messages or notifications. 
Like those kind of customer facing problems can be almost completely automated with AI in my experience. And I've been a I've been toying with ways to make those workflows even more efficient. And the third way in which I use AI is like as a research assistant. And for that, I really love Perplexity AI. That's my go-to AI search tool. I've used that for a lot of AI-enabled search. I've used all of these. Like I use Bing, Bing AI. I'm also signed up on the Google experimental features, so I get access to bar-enabled searches. But Perplexity has been my favorite, like in its sophistication and its ability to understand very complex questions and give very on-point responses. So I'm a huge believer in perplexity. And I've used that a lot to understand complex industry problems or understand complex features or capabilities that I need to talk about. And it's been really good in helping me understand stuff. I think the final way in which I've used AI is as an analysis assistant, yeah. uh, where I've kind of given AI tools a bunch of unstructured text and I've asked it to create tables and pull out and categorize comments or content or like just create tables of data from unstructured data or like or take an existing table and then you find patterns in that data. And I found out-of-the-box performance from both Cloud and RDPT to be super, super high quality in those ways. So those are the four ways in which I've used it, like from core content creation to automation of content production to doing more analysis to doing research. I've used it for all those four things. Absolutely. It feels like having a small army of interns always available to help. Yes. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, well, uh, given those, tell us more about what Labelbox does and how you're working with different enterprises. Absolutely. So Labelbox is a platform for doing data-centric AI. And what that means is data is the lifeful light of any successful AI or ML product company initiative. And Labelbox has been used by many Fortune 500 and Fortune 100 organizations to build very high-quality data sets quickly for ensure that their AI models, their AI products create outputs that are highly accurate, that are trustworthy, and that are very high-quality. Now, Labelbox has been the way to... The company has evolved quite a uh, bit. The company was founded about five years ago in 2018. And our strength has been like, customers loved how Labelbox created intelligent workflows and customizable yeah. workflows, created a platform for managing large data labeling teams. And then Labelbox went ahead and uh, we have our own team of wor- experts worldwide who are ex- who are really, really knowledgeable about understanding the nuances of labeling data for machine learning. And so we pair this automated platform with this always-on, always-available human labeling team to help companies solve for their data annotation problems. But what's interesting is Lux has evolved quite a bit from just annotation. There's a lot of ways in which some of our key customers actually use Labelbox directly to power AI-enabled searches or they use Labelbox to analyze without any human intervention, like analyze millions of unstructured data pieces, images, photos, videos, text, understand patterns, understand insights in minutes or seconds, way faster than what any, you know, without requiring complex engineering workflows. So there's a lot that, the way I would kind of describe Labelbox's capabilities today are like within for building AI systems and building models, Labelbox allows you to have build the most accurate data sets much faster through a combination of automation and world-class workflows. It also allows for things like evaluating models and evaluating, especially with thumbs, it allows you to evaluate if the outcomes are safe, trustworthy, and highly accurate. And then the other ways in which customers are finding a value out of Labelbox is in using AI, like 
you have tons of data sitting in your data lake or in your warehouse, and you want to automate data enrichment by applying foundation models. You want these large language models to automatically go and tag up your data, classify, categorize them in some ways. Labelbox helps you with that too. And I see a lot of customers use it for that. So that was my wordy definition of Labelbox does. No, it sounds like a powerful tool. I'll, I'll definitely have some uh, links that uh, the listeners can uh, look at to the content you've made around Labelbox. There, it sounds like a great tool. Shifting gears a bit, uh, going back to your own career journey there, uh, you've worked at some of the uh, biggest tech companies in the world, Microsoft, Google, Databricks, and now you're at a smaller startup there. Uh, what have What's been some of the things that you've had to adjust to going from a bigger corporation to to the startup world? Yeah, that's a great question, by the way. So let me start by what's common. And what's common is all these companies have a lot of problems and there's a lot of gray area. It's a, often a common misconception that people think that, you know, big companies have it all figured out. And so the companies that you mentioned, Microsoft, Google, Databricks, I also worked at Facebook. And all of them have, the roles that I've had, like have been, there's been a lot of white space in those roles. There's been a lot of room or, or I would say for analysis and for building structure and for bringing more rigor to the way we did things. And so I found like, even in the largest companies you're always building, it's often a function of which team you work for. And that's one of the biggest differences. Like within, I've seen more changes or more variation inside of a company within different teams than across companies sometimes. Yeah. And you could walk into a very similar culture at a different organization, or you could change roles within the existing company and see a very, very different culture. So there's a lot more variation. And coming to startups, I think the biggest points of difference, let's start with the obvious ones, which I think most people get, like startups are evolving. And so priorities tend to change very fast. The premium to execute, like timeline is shorter. We have to be... Uh, found the need to be more decisive, you know, adjust on the fly, innovate and work fast. I think so that's one of those things where I feel like startups place a premium. One of the pros of working for a startup is all the work that I've done directly touches customers. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be more rounds of review and internal validation before like some of the work that I do at larger organizations would actually find customers. Yep. But here it's yep. The results are immediate and tangible. So uh, there's there's a lot of fun and a lot of satisfaction in doing that. And the third thing is with startups, I think one has to embrace that mindset that, you know, I'm here to build the process as I execute. And there's a lot of that going on. Like there's, there's very high pressures to produce outcomes, but like at the same time, processes are can be very, you know, likely defined. And there's always room for improvement, room for growing the maturity of your operation. So I enjoy that. Yeah. I think the fourth biggest throw of working for a startup is you're embedded into the business in a way like that you, you know, that you, you don't often see with larger companies. I mean, the access to founders, the transparency and access to business decisions that def like, you know, that define the survival of your business or yeah. the force of your business. Like those are, you have a lot more of that with startups than with larger companies where you're, sometimes you can feel like you're a part of a, a machine with a very, very limited scope to work on. That's how I would describe the startup yeah. life. Versus. Yeah, that's uh, finding joy in chaos and responsibility. Very well summarized. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and very last question I have for you, Abhishek, is uh, for a for someone who's, say, just graduating college right now, who's interested in getting involved in different product marketing roles, what are some of the tips you would give that person as they evaluate different companies? What are the, the things... Uh, new product marketer should be 
looking forward to evaluate a role? I think because so much of our roles in product marketing comes down to telling effective stories, I think looking for customer centricity is important. So a product marketer should develop an eye for product market fit and trying to understand, get a 360 degree view, build a 360 degree perspective of, of like, does the companies, are the companies capabilities and stated features, do they actually align with real customer problems? And and also vice versa, what's the customer feedback on that company's product? And so look for, look out for like, is there resonance and is there coherence between a company's messaging and what the customers are saying about company? So that's one. And then the other thing is understanding the roadmap, like, you know, and the direction, developing a critical or rather inquisitive mindset around what's the mapping of does that roadmap align with how customers or the industry is evolving? So I think, you know, those two things would be key because it would be your job offer to define those things to the customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if the founders really understand the industry, if the team really understands the industry, the products are really on point with customer expectations. And if there's a well-oiled machinery between customer feedback and product development, then your job becomes that much easier. Otherwise, you might find yourself in a situation where you're right creating positioning and messaging that's not landing in the market. And then, you know, you might be left wondering what went wrong. So, <laughs> yeah. Sage advice. Awesome. Well, Abhishek, this has been a super fun conversation with lots of actionable tips for listeners to take advantage of. Thanks again for joining. Thank you. This has been great. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by H10. Part about advanced technology that never changes is the need for the right people to design, build, and manage it. H10 offers just that with an on-demand talent and management service that covers all aspects of engineering, program management, and AI. Trusted by over 400 companies, including half of the Fortune 10, H10 is here to help lighten your load and make you the hero.